Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Review. Yes, we'll be talking about Super Rugby Altura and Super Rugby AU. So um, Super Rugby Altura round eight uh, and Super Rugby AU. I've gone blank round five. There we go. Um, that's right, folks. We have four games from the weekend. But I'll be honest with you. I opened up my notebook. Um, was reading through the game thinking, OK, that's the game. Mm, that doesn't, doesn't seem right. Yes, that's right. I opened up and uh, got entirely the wrong game. But don't worry. Um, hopefully the, the game now I've got written down and the stats I have on screen will match. Uh, and um, hope and maybe just maybe I'll be able to recollect something of it. How are you doing, Ashwin, sir? Oh, absolutely like a blue ass fly, just all over the place. But let's get some rugby on, and um, that'll help uh, to get some stress levels down. Oh, I thought you were just going to say, "Oh, like blue ass fly," like like because because the blues won. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, many things going on on this uh, this this um, her presenter's uh, life at the moment. So uh, yeah. Lots going off screen, on. Off screen issues. Off, off, off screen yeah. stuff. Not necessarily yeah. issues. Yeah, off screen stuff. Yeah, stuff. There we go. Oh, dear. Um, so, folks, yes, we kicked off on Friday night with the Force versus Rebels. Now, thankfully, I will be able to recollect this game slightly better than Arswin, as Arswin didn't even see it. Um, I did, but I can't remember that. But as I say, this is the game where I opened up the notes, looked at my notes, looked at the stats, and went, they don't match. Then I realized I was looking at the wrong game. Um, but hey, yes, on. Um, <laughs> Uh, hello, everyone who's like joining us in the live chat. By the way, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Force versus Rebels. Um, so, how did this one go? Well, we had a couple of yellows in this one, um, didn't we? Uh, first off, um, did we? we had the yeah, we had two yellows. <laughs> you, you didn't even watch it. I don't watch it. Deary me. Um, uh, so, um, repeated um, uh, uh, Nazarani basically re repeat infringement didn't roll away. Um, on his um, 50th cap, by the way. So congratulations to him on his 50th cap. Uh, so that's um, uh, that's uh, gave the, um, the the force an advantage. Um, and look, they got themselves a try, but they also conceded a try during that time. So not particularly good for them um, drawing um, 
during that time. And the Rebels managed to even things up on half time with a kick that bounced off the post to um, uh, to go over. So yes, um, it was. Uh, and you got to say, I think the force um, in that first half. Look, they had the possession, had the territory, but they just did not have the uh, the, the the clinicalness to um, get over the line um, and to um, uh, and to get the points. Um, there's uh, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of um, scribbled notes here. Um, and so the rebels are playing some some crazy rugby, crossfield kicks in their own twenty two, um, trying to play out of their own half like that. Um, the and look, they had the more powerful scrum, but they didn't really get anything any joy from that in that half. The, the force did very well just to get the ball in and out uh, there. I think perhaps the force should have come up should should have been ahead at half time. They'll have felt aggrieved to be um, on a level pegging. Come the second half. And um, Thrush uh, got himself a, a yellow card. And let's be honest, that had been coming all game. Uh, yeah, he, he decided, I'm captain, and I'm also going to be enforcer, and I'm going to be everything else as well. Um, and uh, yeah, that to me, that yellow card was coming. He was going to pick it up sooner or later. He was just getting involved in so much um, stuff um, around the park. Um, the uh, And then we had the... Um, uh, the Rebels went ahead with a penalty. The Force got themselves a try to go ahead. The um, the Rebels came back and then went up. And then the Force on um, uh, on 63 minutes evened things up. They then um, had everything set up to win the game just to miss the kick at goal. Um, and uh, um, Hodge also tried uh, and uh, his his one came up. Well, actually, it was, yeah. Early drive was on the force. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, Hodge also had a shot that came up just up short. Um, and then we went into super time. Now, let's be honest. A lot of us went into the super time thinking, oh, dear, this is going to be horrible. We've seen super time before. But to be fair, this super time was really kind of good and quick um, because essentially um, the force just could not um, uh, gather the ball um and uh, which meant which which gave the rebels uh, field position, uh, and of course, that's honest, that previous super time is all about kickback trying to get field position. Once the side gets field position, then they're going to go on the attack and try and score, um, which is what they did. Nazarani in the end um, bashed over um, for the try. Um, Thrush was the guy who actually failed to collect the kickoff, um, and uh, yes, one of those rare occasions where you'll have a try but no conversion is actually taken. Uh, now, teams, we have seen very, very occasionally um, people turn down uh, the uh, conversion because they need to get another score and it speeds um, things up. But um, in this case, yeah, there was no conversion because that was the golden point that won the game. So congratulations to the Rebels. But boy, did they make um, tough work of it um, in there. So the... Um, Yep, Aaron says, yeah, the force missed one from in front about three minutes left. Um, I think Hodge missed one as well um, on 80 minutes, um, but that was short. So they both had their um, they both had their opportunities, um, but um, didn't uh, didn't get around to actually um, scoring it. So um, uh, so yes, thank you everyone in the live chat. Uh, yeah, Nocturnal writes you right. This was Nazarani's first game back, um, and uh, uh, he was an important part of this um, Rebels team. He is a really good player. 
uh, when and uh, yes, it's been a shame that he has been out. So you've got to say for the main part here is that Force, well done for staying in the game for the full 80 minutes, um, which they haven't done yet so far. Um, obviously, picking up a losing bonus point um, in this one. Actually, isn't there some, I think there's some funky bonus point stuff um, around the uh, extra time. And Arsenal's just shaking his head going, I haven't got a clue, Paul. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, makes good podcasting that. Um, there he is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll chuck a laugh in there. <laughs> brilliant. That's good because that's helped me get through to the, um, onto the table. Yes, the force actually pick up two points um, from that because it's a draw at half time, uh, full time. They get two points. Um, so they got two bonus points from that game. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. so you get, like if it was a normal draw and they didn't have extra time, you'll get two points each. So you yes. get the draw points anyway. Yes, I think that's and right. And then somebody's going for the extra points on top of their draw points, basically. Yeah. So that way you cool. kind of that way you 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 stop people from being negative during super time, as we saw in the first time we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> you've not got anything to lose, you've just got more points to gain. Gain. Um but when it's only five teams you don't want the other team getting any points at all. So it's kind of it's kind of lost points when the other opposition get them kind of thing. So, I mean. That's super. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> as in super rugby. Um, so, <laughs> so yes, congratulations to those. Uh, so congratulations to the, um, to the Rebels. But boy, oh boy, did they leave it late. Let's be honest. Um, this kind of, there's not the kind of performance that's going to upset the Brumbies or have the Brumbies turning in their sleep. So, um yeah, nothing. Uh, so, so yeah, so the, the Rebels are going to really need to up their game from that one. Um, I think part of the problem is Matt Tamua, to be honest with you. Great defensive um, fly half or, or, or first 5'8". But how often do you think of great fly halves being because of their defensive ability? Um, 13 tackles, non-missed. Look, he puts his body on the line. Happy to carry it up as well, 11 runs. But 11 runs for 17 metres. I don't want a crash ball um, 10. Personally, crash ball tens are not particularly good. Um, so oh, come um, on, Paul, you're from England, you should be used to crash ball tens. No, no, I'm used to telling you, catch it kicks for the corner, kicks for the corner, maybe, okay, maybe occasionally, um, maybe <laughs> occasionally, uh, ships it on, but on the whole, just gets it and kicks it and ignores everybody outside of him. <laughs> um, so yes, not yeah, not not um. So yeah, so not 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 particularly. So I think Tamura is part of the problem for them. They, they need a proper fly half, really, because look, with players like Hodge, Kellaway, Meeks, Corobetti, um, out there, they've got players who can attack. Um, Nocturnal rights, yeah, yeah. Tamura is an emergency ten, a better twelve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's um, that's a real problem um, there. Um, Nocturnal rights directions that Tony Brown would like a crash ball ten. Um, I'm not so sure. Um, so, yeah, so Johnny Lance, uh, look, outplayed his opposite number, but just didn't have the cattle with him um, to really uh, to, to get the look. I mean, Kahui, Goodwin, also oh, Godwin, um, look, two decent players, but not um, not at this point in their careers, um, really. Having said that, how old is Godwin? That's a quick um, quick check on the old interweb, as Arthur likes to say. 28, is that? Oh, actually, Godwin just hasn't really just been in abroad for a bit. So let's go on to a real game then, um, one that um, Arsenal and I are going to disagree on. Okay, so yes, we are, we are, so but that's okay because I did science. 
You did I did science. physics. I did physics. And now, remember, we're going to keep this civil. This of isn't course. Twitter. We just shout at each other and try and point. point start, out. Start. I'm going to start talking over you now. <laughs> so, look. Um, Chiefs come into this having lost their last six on the bounce. Now it's seven on the bounce. Um, saw a good tweet. I've gone blank as to who it was from. Um, oh. He's like, um, what what kind of reaction would um, uh, would uh, uh, so Jay, Jim Jim Case was like, what sort of press would Colin Cooper get if he had a record of zero and seven? Um, Actually, I thought you were going to say you saw a good uh, tweet and it was going to be, um, what's the area code for um, Hamilton? Oh seven. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that one from Paul on um, uh, on, on Facebook. Facebook I think that was it actually. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> now look, um, interesting. Now let's 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 talk about um, old Jimmy K's um, go, Jim Sport Go actually um, his comment and yeah, what it's an interesting one. Um, as you as has been stated, I think it was by yourself actually as a, as a response was that yeah, but um, Colin Cooper wouldn't have had to play. Um, seven New Zealand sides uh, in a row, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. And saying that, you know, we have to remember that Warren Gatland is super coach. Um, so, you know, you, you, there's that expectation that, well, hang on, here's this guy with his wealth of experience and taking the Lions now are going to be taking the Lions for the third tour. Um, so. You know, if anybody can bring, um, you know, to turn a turd to gold, it's going to be um, Warren Gatland. Um, I mean, we've always talked about, and, and it's a shame the Cornflake's not here. You know, you look at the Highlanders, for example, always an underwritten squ um, team because they end up with no-name players and they have coaches that can bring out the best in those players. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not, I mean... I see what you're saying. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you, have, you know, Colin Cooper didn't have to play seven New Zealand teams effectively or, se you know, seven games against New Zealand sides in a row. Um, but then again, you know, it's just like, you know, if you, you, you're that coach that's sort of at the top of the heap, then you're sort of, you're sort of expecting miracles from them. Oh, look, one of the things that characterised Colin Cooper's two seasons with the Chiefs was an overwhelming number of injuries. Hence... That's why Carl Twenokafi actually got an opportunity was because basically every prop in Waikato went down yeah. um, crooked. Um, and uh, he came out and yeah went, went from being a club player to, uh, at, uh, at the beginning of the year to being an all-black by the end of the year, um, which was you know, a phenomenal rise by him, great, uh, great for him. But it came about because of injuries. Now, the Chiefs did well pre-lockdown because they didn't have injuries. And one of the things that was characterised about Gatlin's change was the fact that he was doing shorter but more um, focused training sessions. I was going to say intense, but that's not really. The, but that's not sort of the point. The point was that, that they, whilst they were training, they were training properly, um, and there was no downtime during training or or, or, or wasted time. Um, so the um, and, and that seemed to solve, or that seemed to be part of what I I, I was putting forward to being. Um, good for the um, good for their injury numbers. Come out of lockdown, and they they just can't seem to be able to keep keep any locks fit, or any, uh, and they just keep and so again, 
and I think one of the one of the mitigating factors for Gatland has been injuries. But Colin Cooper had the same issue. <laughs> That's um, right. I'm, I'm, he was yeah. just an unpopular um, coach, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Absolutely. He. Um, I mean. I suppose that's the thing is that when when you know players start to drop, it's really becomes hard for a coach. Um, you, you you're trying to continually rebuild your um your, your squad, so um it's 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 a difficult one. It is a difficult one, and you know you, you're trying to get new guys coming in that haven't even been part of your setup, and you, you're trying to get them up to speed with what what the team's sort of culture is and even you know little let alone the um playbook so to speak so yeah so from that point of view yeah look um yes i think um look, look gatlin's also a waikato guy uh played however many um games for waikato uh he was a bit of a prodigal son coming home so hence oh yeah got to give him got to, got to cut him a little bit of slack um so yes he comes in let's be honest with more uh, a, a better record than Cooper at the end of the day, uh, and also with a lot of local um, support that I think Cooper has. I'm not sure. I don't know where Cooper played uh, his provincial. I'm, so, I'm pretty well, sure it's the Naki. Um, so, yeah, so, so hence that's why he's not going to have the same support uh, as Gatlin's got, even though Naki, uh, Taranaki is part of the Chiefs region. Yeah. Um, but that's that's right. I, I think, I think. Sort of getting onto the game a little bit in terms of the fact that I also think he's getting let down by his experienced players a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Damien McKenzie had a great game against the Blues at Eden Park, and every time he got the ball, he looked dangerous. But boy, he just took wrong option after wrong option against the Crusaders, and he, yeah, he didn't attack the line. He his kick, you know, kicking from the back. He um, was poor, poor in terms of the option of the kick in terms of where he kicked it. So, I, yeah, just, I just sort of think that um, it, it's he's getting let down by some of the senior players as well and, and stepping up. The option, the um, the um, exception being, I thought, um, Sokola's, um, obviously, he's he's having a really good season behind a, a, a with a really bad team. He's He stands out. So, um, he's the exception, but really, he's getting let down. I mean, like, Brad Webb has sort of lost some of his spark as well. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, this is like, yeah, as a coach, you come in, things aren't going well, and then your senior senior players are letting you down. I mean, like, it's interesting, as Steve mentioned, you know, I, as a Blues fan, I'm not going to go put the boot in majorly. I mean, you have the odd little, you know, sort of retort, so to speak. But realistically speaking, the Blues supporters have seen that, been there for a long time. Um, and, and you see it in the fact that you get disappointed because of those senior players that you want stepping up to, to sort of sh- follow me type attitude. Really, don't do it. Yeah, true. Um, the and uh, the uh, they didn't help themselves by look three minutes in. They get they get behind these the the the, the, um, the Crusaders get a penalty and Dave McKenzie misses it rather than actually getting the first points on the board. Um, and then, literally, um, within a few minutes, they're suddenly down twelve points, um, and they've lost the prop to injury as well. Um, so, from a situation where they could have been three 0 up, um, had a bit of a bit of a little, little morale boost in what's been, let's be honest, a, a tough season for them. Um, and what happens? Uh, a, 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 um, <laughs> Dave McKenzie gets bashed over 
eight. Um, Saunders playing at eight uh, against Dane McKenzie. There was only going to be one outcome in that one, wasn't there, when it was that far from the line. Um, Absolutely. So, the, so yeah, so uh, yeah, you can't blame Dane McKenzie for getting run over at that point. It's, it, it, no, he was never going to stop him. Um, you know, just going back to your, the three points that they took on option for, you know, and this this is a theme through the game. And, you know, you just cringe when you see teams taking three points against the Crusaders. There's no point taking three points against Crusaders. You're going to have to score tries to beat them. Okay. It's just like, if you're not scoring tries against them, you're staying close. Dollars to donuts, nine times out of 10, they're going to get the experience and the cohesion that they have in the squad. They're going to roll over the top of you. They're going to get the wind shift and they roll over the top of you and you'll be left with a, in, in, a, in, a, in a hole with no wind behind you. Yeah, I mean, one of the points that gets made um, in, in uh, more when you're watching Northern Hemisphere fear rugby is that look, you're going to have, both sides are going to have their um, moments when they're on top. And it's the point is, do you take your chances when you are on top? And that's really... Um, and that's that, that, that's really what what uh, what happened here was that the, Blue, the Chiefs didn't take the first chance. The Crusaders suddenly did, and being twelve points behind, um, sure they did catch up to um, getting it back up to ten twelve. Um, but um, nineteen twenty even, and nineteen twenty later on, uh, it's true. Um, but they were always chasing the game. They never ever got their necks in front. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's quite interesting how a team, it's a psychological thing primarily in the fact is that if you're leading by one point versus if you're behind by one point, you know, your, your whole psyche and your approach to the game, although you're, it's one, what, you know, one point difference is not really a difference to be honest, but it just makes such a difference to the way that you operate. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, Sean Stevenson, a player that really annoyed me um, in this game. Look, here's a guy that's got lots and lots of skill, but I'm sure he's not actually lazy. Okay, don't get um, you can't get to this level uh, without um, if if you are fully lazy. But the the style of play and the way he does things at times appears to be lackadaisical. Um, like at one point um, during the um, uh, during the I think it was during the second half. Um, the ball goes to ground uh, and he fly kicks it. It's in his own 22. If he just dropped on that ball and claimed it, then the Chiefs get the ball. But no, he has a fly hack at it, um, doesn't go anywhere, and the, and, the, and the Crusaders get the ball back. It was a pretty disappointing effort at a fly hack too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, it's like watching a bunch of under sixes trying to hack a ball ahead. The ball's right in front of him. It was a pretty poor miss. And I, I, I like you, agree. It's just like that's where you drop on the ball. You, um, you, you just drop and roll. Uh, yeah, another time he had a good break, um, but did, does uh, but held on to the ball too long. And yeah, it's just like, oh, he's doing so much right, and then moments just let him down. And and you know, it's interesting who we talk about. I mean, like he got the yellow card too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. And it's just like, why did he turn his hand over? His hand was actually facing upwards, and for some reason, he turned his hand over to try and catch the ball, Fijian oh, styles. It's just like you're left scratching your head. Um, but it's like the other thing with the Chiefs, and again, you know, as a Blues fan, being there for so many seasons, everybody's just trying too hard. You know, so many times, and experienced players, they've got opportunities in front of them. They need to draw and pass, and they try to beat the man and be the hero. And it's just like it went on and on. 
Yeah, I, there's a point there. I guess it's, it's part of it is is yeah is players. Look, we're struggling, so I'm going to try. Maybe there's certain. I'm going to try that extra hard to lift the team and carry us. And in the end, they actually make the wrong choice because they're trying too hard. Now there might be an element of that through 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 some of these things um, that we are um, that, we're, that we're saying. Um, okay, then on the hour mark, I will describe it as per the referee. Yep. Um, and then uh, Ashwin will describe it as per the rest of the world. I think as per the rest of the world and as per physics, as per physics, I will explain as per physics why the decision was wrong. So go ahead with what happened. So the ball gets past, and I forgot who the player um, it, it, it was, but he doesn't take it cleanly. Um, he juggles it, uh, and as he's uh, as he's running forward and juggling it, the very last touch that he makes is with his hand coming back towards the front of the ball. Um, therefore, it comes out of his hand backwards. Um, and then drops to the ground where um, everyone looks at it and goes, yeah, it's been knocked on, but Trevor Reese is the right thing, which is pick up the ball and play on until play, play the whistle and walks over, puts it down, fully expecting to get called back for the knock on. You can tell that in his, in his body language. Um, now from the main camera where basically the player's body is in the way, it's every, looking at it, it uh, Quentin Strange. Thank you, Stephen. Um, uh, Quentin, uh, for where, where Quentin Strange's body is blocking what's happening with his hands, it, it, it's a no-brainer that it's knock on. From the reverse angle, um, when they look at it with the TMO, you can see that last touch, I say, is with the hand moving backwards, touching that ball. Um, and hence the referee um, calls it backwards, uh, a bit like when, um, and then people are like, uh, but, it's, uh, but it traveled forwards. Well, yes, but we also have the situation where if you pass the ball, and it comes out your hands out of the hands backwards, then momentum carries it forwards. Um, then actually, it's considered uh, not a knock on it, or, or that's considered a backward pass, not a forward pass. And so that was kind of the rule that um, the referee was taking. Now, uh, Ashwin, um, I'll hand over to you now to explain. Yeah, it that's great. The... Just 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 for the people on the podcast, that I just gave Paul a thumbs up because he used a key word in his. Um... And, and what he's just described as the events as they occurred and that the key word is momentum. And um, what, what happens is Quentin Strange is going forward. He loses control of the ball and the ball therefore is propelled forward. Now, what happens is he uses his hand to, in an attempt to bat it back. And whilst he bats it back, he does not stop the forward momentum of the ball entirely. Therefore, the ball is still traveling forward. And at no point did it stop traveling forward and therefore it's a knock-on so i'll use physics to explain if the ball has left quentin strange and it's going at 10 meters per second in a forward direction and quentin strange uses his fair hand to slap the ball back and is able to apply force of two meters per second backwards that means the ball's still traveling forward at eight meters per second which is exactly what happened in the game so the ball is still going forward it doesn't matter the fact that he got his hand on it if his hand had only just touched it and managed to um um sort of uh just touch the ball that means that he would have got zero force on it and the ball's being propelled forward at 10 meters per second unless he was able to bat it back to the point where it's actually traveling in momentum backwards it's not a knock-on at that stage. But he didn't do that. It was a knock-on every day of the week and twice and, and twice on Sundays, as our friend of the show, Stephen Harris, would say. Now, and it's simple physics, and you can't argue with physics. Um, 
Well, as Don, Donald Trump might say, yes, I can. Um, the, <laughs> I'm an expert. I love, you know. I'm anyway. quoting Donald Trump. Oh, my God, the world's gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> now, now um, a couple of things that came up in the in, in the chat uh, it, on, on Twitter, what I tweeted out saying, hey, this is absolutely fine. The last touch without the back of the hand um, was this one that Jordan's, that Jordan's made in our chat here, live chat here, juggle equals lost control. Yep. Um, if you go and look at the um, the law book, at no point anywhere on the forward pass that does it mention control. So control is irrelevant. Um, it's how it all, all that matters. All that matters from a from from the law book point of view is what happens to the ball after the last touch. Okay. So you can um, right so of reply. Right of reply. Right of reply. Okay. Now. The fact that Jordan has mentioned juggle equals loss of control, it doesn't matter the fact that you're – because referees, since Adam was a boy, have always used that statement, have actually used that statement. He never regained control at any stage. So that's a knock-on. It doesn't matter that they might have caught it and whatever. They've used that comment so many times, not an individual referee, multiple referees have used the term loss of control. Quentin Strange, at no point, he slaps and swings his arm back. Doesn't mean he had control of the ball. And he didn't have control of the ball. He just swung his arm back and made some contact with the ball. If we didn't change the law book every single year, um, you'd have a point. But as we do change the law book every single year, what has been said in the past is there's no relevance. Um, look, as, as you say with financial instruments, okay, past performance does, is not an indicator as to what future performance might be. <laughs> um, but, um, <laughs> so, and this is one of rugby's problems, right? Is we do is, is that they do keep changing the laws every year, except for every World Cup year, and then even then they sometimes do. Um, which is why so many people have gone like, when I played, uh, or, or like kind of everything I've seen over the past twenty years means it's this. Well, sorry, folks, but um, the uh, interpretation can be, and uh, blah blah blah. So uh, yeah, control. Um, uh, and that, that kind of stuff isn't actually in the law book, and so it doesn't that that doesn't actually um, uh, that, that that doesn't that doesn't apply uh, to to this situation. Now there is a a uh, um, a, a quote in there um, saying the word possession, and depending on how you define possession, you can say he never actually got possession of the ball um, because he never actually controlled it or never actually got hold of it. Now, you know, at, that, the, at, the, at the end of the day, law book aside and all that sort of stuff, if it walks like a duck, if it talks like a duff, duck, if it walks like a duck, it probably is a duck. And that was, it walked like a duck, it talked like a duck, it was a duck. And the only, only people that thought that it wasn't a duck were the three men and the guy watching the TV screen in a little room by himself. That's the only people. Because even no. the Crusaders, even the Crusaders were basically meekly saying, oh, no, that was a try all, every day of the week. The, um, and Harris says precedent rules uh, in, in law. Yes, they do, but they don't. <laughs> precedent does not rule in rugby. Because they keep changing them every week. <laughs> so we have to create a new precedence. <laughs> exactly, yes. Um, now, in these um, times where we have new precedences. Now, my main problem with the with, with, with the commentary team was that they didn't listen to what the referee said um, and never explained that to the viewers as to why he called it that way, even if they disagreed with it. Um, so, yeah, so come on, commentators, listen to actually what the referee is saying, please. 
Oh, um, no, I think I'm going to disagree with you there. I mean, I, I, I'm not a great fan of um, Justin Marshall's in particular, but I actually did think that they, they did state the fact that the um, they've ruled that um, Quentin Strange has batted it back. And they just said, we disagree with that. I, I felt that's what they, they said. Mm, um, well, okay, that's not how I felt uh, they said it. Anyway, um, so that was a big controversial moment. Um, as what people said, that took the wind out of the, the Chiefs' sails. Um, also put some... Um, the, uh, the the Crusaders up by two scores, uh, which obviously makes makes it uh, very difficult to come back from. Um, and um, and you know, then, just on that front, you know, people people sort of like obviously as a Blues fan, you used to get a lot of hard times. I mean, the number of bad calls that the reason why the Blues had their massive losing streak was exactly that sort of thing where they got this mass the masses of bad calls, but everybody just used to say, oh, you just lose the Blues, but. The point is, is that they're massive momentum shifters. And um, as a couple of the Chiefs players actually said, it took them about five minutes in that game to get their head back in the game after getting dealt a bad card. So it's like, it's not just as simple as saying it's one decision in a game and, you know, all these other things happen. No, no, no. Momentum is a big part of rugby and it was a massive momentum shifter. The... um... Uh, the uh, so yes, the we'll, we'll, we'll join in New Zealand. We will get on to and talk about the Blues offside later. Um, but uh, that, that, yeah, we'll talk about that one in the last game. Um, the um, <laughs> Justin Marshall through your on the rules committee. Any <laughs> um, the so so yes, so um, I guess I mean the ref. Look, the commentators did say they saw it different differently to the ref's call, but that was basically saying it was a bad call by the refs. I don't think I don't think they explained the ref's point of view. Is what I was trying to say. Anyway, um, anyway, that's um, that's that. Uh, yeah, and I mean the Crusaders went on to score another try, uh, but as we say, the that just blew out the score and made it look like a bigger, a more comfortable win than it really was. Um, the Chiefs actually were in this for quite a long time, but they could never get their noses in front. And that made and that was really the big difference um, between these plus that um, that wind out their sales uh, piece. Um, any uh, particular plays you'd like to call out for this game? Um, I did, but my mind's gone blank. I need to write these things down because I'm old and I forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I mean, I just sort of think um, I can't remember whether it was who was it. No, it wasn't Cruden. It might have been De- M- McKenzie, but you know. The Chiefs, I think, as we said, we go back to it. It's just like they're just trying too hard as well and mm-hmm. trying to, you know, there were times when it was still a close game. And I remember, I can't remember, I think it was Damien McKenzie, uh, might have been someone else. But, you know, there's Cruden on the inside um, and he was pretty much free. He would have been tackled, but then he would have had the inside back to Brad Weber and nobody would have stopped him. And it was simple yeah. passes and the, and the Chiefs player went and took the tackle. Went into the tackle and it's, or you know tried to beat the man by himself and it's just like, oh dear, you know. So again, just seen it before and and you know you sort of like these are the things that happen when you're a struggling side or you know you, the things aren't going your way. Yep. The other, yeah. The other thing I'll, uh, I'll I'll point out was just like at the um. Uh, I think it was towards the end of the game, and I mean, John made the comment about the Blues being offside. You know, Crusaders knocked on the Blues went offside. That Crusaders side was so offside when the the Chiefs were on the line. It was just amazing. So the rule is is that you have to be behind the hindmost foot of the ruck. 
they're halfway up the body of their player. Now, if there isn't a player from your team in the ruck, then the offside line is the ball. But at no point were the Crusaders behind the hindmost foot. And it's just like, oh my God, what are the two touch judges? What is the referee looking at it? It was that far forward. And it's just like, of course the Chiefs aren't going to score. You're getting the ball. You have to pass the ball backwards, which means you get further away from the try line. If the other team is offside, they're going to smash you behind the advantage line. you got no hope. So it's like, I think um, we, we've talked about this or I've spoken about it. What, what we've seen, and they actually mentioned in today's game, um, is the fact that some of the refereeing, where they were really hard with the start of um, Super Rugby, it's it's waned in the last, as, as the competition's gone on. And the yeah, I, I'm, I'm a strong believer for penalise, penalise, penalise. I, I don't care if there's 30 penalties in a game. Because at the end of the day, the players were learning to not offend. And by now letting them get away with it, they're starting to go back to um, um, offending again. Yeah, no, agree. Yeah, agree. No, absolutely, we should. But let's, let's um, yeah, get strict on those. I'm, I'm blowing again. Uh, and let's have those. Let's have all those ones. Um, hey, Will Jordan goes on and on and has another great, another really good game. Uh, has a really good season. Um, he yep. topped the, uh, the run meters. That's that's another thing though. Will, Will Jordan, great that you brought up his name because I don't know a rugby fan that likes the stupid law where you can jump from outside of the field, catch the ball, and land inside. I have not met a rugby fan that is thinks that that's a good law. It is a stupid, stupid law. You should have to be in the field of play, jump in the air, and get the ball returned before you hit the outside turf. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so frustrating. John, of course, I'm right. um sure okay um and we can complain about it each week if we want to but at the end of the day look that's that's the current law what i found interesting though was that um you weren't allowed so several reese did this one where he jumped from out of the field of play uh and knocked it in but didn't catch it um and landed he said no if you're jumping from out of play into play you have to actually catch it you can't knock it in Whereas if you're jumping from play from in play to out, you can knock it back before landing. Um, so yeah, so yep. an, an interesting one there. Anyway, um, but um, but but anyway, we'll, we'll uh, just a, a, a slight one there. Um, Tom Sanders obviously I think had had a, a decent game at eight. Obviously um, uh, in there with Fetty Douglas being uh, injured. Um, who else was? Um, Paia, um, perhaps, I think, uh, is slowly but surely finding his his way at this level. Yeah. Um, hey, well, the other thing I'd like to say, I, I sort of think, um, and, you know, talking about the Crusaders, because we've talked a lot about the Chiefs, but talking about the Crusaders, I've, I think, obviously, they're a well-drilled unit, but the difference between the Crusaders and pretty much every other side in Super Rugby at the moment is um, Richie Moonga. Um, he's playing on a different level to all the other 10s um, in the competition. And he's he's the one that's basically doing it for the um, Crusaders. You go back a few weeks and the Crusaders have Brett Cameron on the bench. There's no way Brett Cameron gets to strip up and sit on the, on, you know, get some splinters on the pine. There's no way he's coming on the field unless Moanga gets injured. All their miles ahead like they were this weekend. Uh, Brett Cameron, um, now remember, here's a guy coming on to play 10. He made one pass, which shows you how long he was on the pitch for. <laughs> And when he was on the pitch, everyone was like, get out of the way. You're, you're not allowed to touch it. You're no good. Um, there. Um, so anyway, um, 
Uh, so congratulations to Chiefs. Look, that, that just obviously makes it more, more likely they're going to win the... Um, Crusaders. The, Crusaders. Chiefs aren't winning. Do you see, she, no, Chiefs they're are winning the wooden spoon. Oh, <laughs> um, so then we had the second game on Friday night, which was the... Um, Saturday night. Saturday night even. Jesus. I'm looking forward to getting to bed tonight. I tell you, I can get some sleep. I'm probably sleeping all tomorrow as well. So um, do join, do sign in for the um, the morning sports briefing at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, you might find me a bit all over the place then as well as when caught up, caught up and sleep at that point. Um, but hopefully um, Monday, I'm basically going to sleep all day. Um, Brumbies versus the Reds then. Um, Brumbies dominated the first half. Should have had lots, should, should have had the game put away. Couldn't score to save their lives. Somehow led um, 14-3. Should have been 21, 28 points up at that point. But really, really I, I think this game summed up by the fact that Brumbies don't don't get penalised against the Brumbies, otherwise you're going to lose. Really, yeah. that's it. That's it. All right. Um, Cornflakes just a tweet from him over the weekend and responding to a tweet. This is like you know the um, the Brumbies Ford pack is clinical. Well, no, not really. Well, yes and no. They're clinical when it comes to a driving more five meters out from the try line, but their scrum went backwards. They made no impact against the Reds going forward, apart from when they got a penalty and they kicked in the corner and had dr driving more five metres out from the line. That's it. That's a clinical. That's their game plan. I remember I, going back, um, not last, it was a few years ago now, and it's just like so infuriating. The Blues were playing the Brumbies in Canberra, and the Blues were all over the um, um, Brumbies. But like the Reds, they give away a penalty, they got kicked to the corner, and... Yeah, you know, the rest is history sort of thing. And that's all they had. And it's like, you know, again, Reds were the better team. But Brumbies played to their strength and um, came out the winners. Um, yeah, absolutely. The uh, well, the Reds, were, the Reds were the better team in the second half. I'm not sure they were in the first half. Well, that last, they, they it's sort of, um, with, with you know, about five minutes to go from the, in the, in the first 40. They sort of they, they made that break with a disallowed try, and that sort of they flicked the switch from about that moment. Obviously, that was ruled no try, and they came back from I thought was not a penalty at all anyway. Um, so um, it, it's and I thought from that moment the Reds were on top of that game. Now, was this the high hit where the guy basically bends over at the waist and runs head forward? Well, no. So, so we're basically no, okay. There's there's a play. Um, the first five, I think it is for the Brumbies. He gets the ball. He's taken in a, a tackle, which starts off at the shoulder and then is deemed to have risen and hit, you know, made contact to the head. And therefore, it's a penalty. Now, in the meantime, it wasn't called during play. And so the ball was knocked on. The Brumbies basically went about 65, 70 metres and scored an absolutely fabulous try. Yes. Um, as Nocturnal Wright saying, Jordan Pataya having an absolute wow of game from that moment on. Um, and then they go back and, you know, check, check, and they go upstairs and, um, they ruled that the, it was a head eye tackle. Now I disagreed with the decision on the head eye tackle because the contact is made on the shoulder. The player then actually goes down. And if your arm stays there, of course, it's going to make contact with his arm as you're going down. To my mind, that was not a penalty and, and that try for the red should have stood. Yeah, there was another one, I think it was in this game, where basically the ball carrier bends over at the waist and runs headfirst into a guy. And you're like, look, at some point, the ball carrier has to have some responsibility 
for their own uh, health and safety, right? It can't be yeah. all done on the guy that's being run into, but that, that, that's a tackler. Um, so, yes. Um, one of the other points in here is the, the, um, the, 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 yeah, the Brummies didn't really look after the pill in this game. Turnovers was um, were, 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 was pretty crazy, uh, and they shouldn't. Um, uh, the um, they, they they shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't. Um, they, 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 yeah, they shouldn't have let the Reds back into this. Um, the Reds, as you say, basically cleaned up their act, um, and um, their first penalty they gave away in the second half was on seventy four minutes. And hey, presto, yeah. during that time, the Brumbies scored no points. Yeah, uh, all, all, all three Brumbies um, tries came from line out malls. Um, and this game came down to basically which kicker um, had the better day at the end. Um, we go and, and both sides missed missed kicks. Um, but um, the uh, you have and it was, to say you have to say though that the the Reds were um, you know as I said from that um, five minutes out from half time in the second half, their um they they uh, I want to say interconnectedness, but they're passing. You know, between the forwards and the backs, um, yep. it was just fantastic. The, the running running style that they had, and as I said, Jordan Pattaya on the uh, um, out, he was on the wing, but he's I mean, like he was playing on the wing, or was he just always out there? I don't know, but um, it, it, he was just making good yards and getting them going forward. And yeah, it was oops, just oh, I was great, great rugby to watch. It's it's the first Super Rugby AU game that I actually like. I started off watching sort of like this, head down. And then I was like, oh, actually, this game's not too bad. <laughs> yes, um, Jordan Clark. Sorry, Paul, interrupt. Pattaya needs a haircut. How the hell can you play rugby when you got hair in your eyes? Talking of haircuts, there's a good reason why Fakatava's not been allowed anywhere near, that, near, near, a, TV, near a TV camera recently. <laughs> Hey, what the hell? What the, what the, what's that? It looks like he's wearing something at the back of his head. <laughs> it looks like he's got some sort of lion's mane. Uh, yeah, yeah it, suddenly. And I, I wasn't sure as to whether, whether whether he had like um, whether it was some sort of cushioning. But, but uh, it was a strange head guard. So that when he falls backwards, it cushions his head from from getting concussions. Yes. Um, so yeah, for those who haven't seen it, Fakatavas a. As the as as rural Kiwis Kiwis say, um, business at the front, party at the back. Um, that's not just a party; that's a dance party. That's it's just a rave. That's, yeah, <laughs> well, that's a party on acid, big time. Um, <laughs> now we've had a number of players do some weird bleaching stuff, and the Blues. Let's be blunt. Uh, well, yeah, uh, sorry, the Brumbies won with, with a penalty after eighty-two minutes. Congratulations, Brumbies! You won twenty-two twenty. Now, but hang on, hang on, before we go there, we really do have to say, at the end of the day, the Reds did let themselves down, right? Because they had that penalty and the line out on about the 79th minute, um, which if they take mm. that line out, kick it out, they've won the game. Yeah. I mean, what, we had like six or seven turnovers in the last two minutes. It was, yep. it was crazy rugby. Um, both of us. Actually, we should just touch on the Australian table at this point then. So Brumby's top table on 18 points. They've all played four games now. Uh, it's halfway through. Reds uh, second on 11. Melbourne Rebels third on 10, uh, Waratahs on six, and the Western Force on two. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, clearly Brumbies well out in front. Reds and Rebels finding it out for that second and third place. Waratahs and Western Force down that fourth and fifth. Um, the... 
That was the British and Irish Lions mascot left in Dunedin in 2017. That's on the back of Fakatawa's head. Love it, Stephen. Brilliant. Um, the um, And uh, look, okay, so hairstyles. Aaron, you're quite right. We are old buggers and we should let the guy express himself. And we look, we have got over the fact that players such as... Um, oh, I've gone blank. Big Name team. Captain of Captain of the Blues. Petty. Paddy. Paddy. Tui Pilotto. Paddy, Paddy pink hair. Had um, pink fluffy hair, which was okay. We got over that. We got over the fact that both Rico and Akiriwani decided to just bleach the top of their hair. Um, and Hoskins. And, uh, sorry? And Hoskins is a tutu. And Hoskins is a tutu. Yeah, doing some kind of um, like uh, like yeah, like sort of mountaintop bit on uh, sort of like, like the sun coming up and just glancing off the top of the top, top of um, uh, top of the mountain, tabletop mountain, for example. Um, and look, and also um, Sam Nock again. He's kind of semi-bleached the back of his the back of his um, mullet uh, and kept the rest brown. But Fakatawa just takes it to an absolutely brand new level of this only bleaching one bit of your head because his is bright white. I mean, it's practically if you had if you had him in, in black light, he would glow like um, uh, yeah. It, it was it was crazy, uh, and I think that's. To me, that's why he has not been selected for the for the Highland for the Highlands up until now. <laughs> yeah. um, no. <laughs> look, okay, yeah, all right, you are a good player, but anyway. Yeah. Um, well, as I was like, I, I was always looking forward to in the in the game um, when um, Aaron Smith would get subbed off because Kane Hamilton's nowhere near a pl the player that Aaron Smith is, but Fakatava is um, he's actually not bad. So uh, when he came, I was like, oh, damn it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like so yeah we'll, we'll forgive him his hair he's a good player he's a good oh, i'm not sure I'm, I'm not forgiving him his hair but he is a good player <laughs> um they no one's stopping us two from 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 uh from trying it um i'll tell you the one thing that's stopping me from trying it is the cost jeez <laughs> do you understand it? Do, you, do you know how much it costs to get your hair bleached nowadays anyway um <laughs> That's uh, that's another one. We better um, move on. I was becoming a personal grooming show. <laughs> Aaron, if you fancy bleaching my hair when I'm, when I'm up in Auckland at the end of the week, how about giving it a go? Um, <laughs> that could be a laugh. Um, so this, okay, Highlanders Blues. Um, the Blues up until today had never won under the roof. Did you realise no. that? Yep. So there yeah, you go. I mean, like, I, it's a, it's a funny, it's a strange fact. That's a long time. 2011, I think, was the first game, wasn't it? Um, and so you, you, it's you don't you don't think, oh, we must have won. And then somebody goes, you never, the Blues never won. I said, like, oh yeah, we never won. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The last time was the game previous to that, um, which was played in Carisbrook. Yep. Um. So um. Uh, oh, I've got I've, I've forgotten how 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 the commentator mentioned it, but anyway, it's something about in the house of pain and. No, oh, not now, the, now the house of no rain. No, no rain. That was it. Yes. Yeah. Look, um, I, I sort yeah. of think, uh, you know, the, the game again. We were talking about the Reds Brumbies, and it was actually quite simple. This game was a little bit simple too. I and and it's funny because um, somebody mentioned it. I, I can't remember who it was. Is about I actually nocturnal rights about the Reds um being the better team and having lack of game management. And it's the same case for the Blues a bit in this game as well, as the fact is that they're actually very dominant right through the game. Um, but their lack of game management is what basically kept the Highlanders in the game. You, you look directly after the um, the restart for the second half, and 
there's all that pressure, all that time, getting multiple penalties on the line um, against the Highlanders. And it's just like, why, why, you know, they, they, they take the ball out, they take a scrum option out of off the penalty. And it's just like, your scrum is dominant. Keep the ball in the scrum and just keep, try and power them. You're going to get a scrum penalty, scrum penalty, scrum penalty, or you're going to get a pushover try. Why would you pass it out before you got before your forward packs even made some momentum forward? So I, I thought it was really poor game management. Then there was a time where they got the advantage um, five meters out from his penalty, and Bowden Barrett sort of puts a sort of low percentage play for Matt Duffy, you know, a kick up into the corner for Matt Duffy to take, and it's just like you've got the advantage. Advantage goes on for eighty minutes. So why would you give the ball away like that when really he wasn't in a good position? It's funny because the option wasn't too bad, but he just wasn't set up the, to, to do the kick, to execute the kick well. And um, it was you know, a low percentage play. So game management, if they'd done their game management better, then I felt that they, they would have put the Highlanders away a lot earlier and by a lot more. Yeah, it's, uh, look, we know Matt Duffy's good in the air when he when he gets it right as well. Um, so, um, look, I wrote this in caps at half time: turnovers killing Landers, discipline hurting Blues. Um, yep. And to me, that that was essentially the first half that finished 20, 16, 24 um, Is that the uh, the Highlanders would turn it over, the Blues would get it wide, wide basically. Where's Caleb Clark? Give it to him. He'll get he'll he'll get at least a, a partial break um, and offload it to somebody. Uh, and and off we go, boys. Uh, and it was basically him or Rico uh, out wide um, trying to to get through. Now, with the Highlanders playing, and with look pretty much every team now playing the out to win or someone rushing up and cutting out the outside, the Blues knew there was space out out wide, um, and you could see Bowden Barrett just trying to get it there any way, which way he could, which was basically the crossfield kick or triple miss passes, um, and just saying right, let's just get this ball really wide because we've got quick guys out there. Who will hurt you? Um, and we were also we're flooding the outside channels with um, with support runners um, as well, and, and and that kind of worked. But um, it didn't work often enough for the well. It did work often enough, but a sixteen point lead is was 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 never really going to collapse. Even though um, the last what 20, 25 minutes seemed to be spent in the Blues twenty two. Pretty much. Yeah, it didn't feel like they were going to score. Did it? The Blues' defense no. was actually quite rock solid, and um, it, it, yeah, that's right. And I mean, like when you talk about sort of like the Blues and getting it to the outside, it's it's interesting actually. That's a good good um, thing to talk about because the Blues got their depth of their back line right, that gave them enough space away from the defense, but the space to get the ball out wide. Whereas the Brumbies. The Brumbies had a, a, a scrum five metres out and their fullback was on their own try line. That's how deep their line was set. And surprisingly enough, they couldn't go forward. But the Blues were able to, they got the right the, the between having it flat, having it deep, right, so that you could make sure you could get it out to Caleb Clark, who, um, yeah, he was basically get the ball to Caleb, as you said, to get that forward momentum. And then and he was busting ta- tackles and offloading. I mean, after he learned a valuable lesson early in the game, he actually made a break and he needed to offload the ball and there's a man unmarked and he didn't. He took the ball into contact or he tried to beat the man himself. But he made that mistake once and it was great to see because thereafter he went into contact and he offloaded. He he went into contact in such a way that he could offload or he offloaded before the contact. Yeah, and 
for all the breaks and for all the ball that Caleb Clark had, he never actually looked like scoring a try. But, Not by himself, no. No. He quite often looked like being the last guy who was going to give the pass that would score the try. But he never actually looked like scoring it himself, which is which is fine. I mean, that's not uh, if you create a try, it's pretty much as good as scoring one. Um, but it's interesting you say that. I mean, like it was like, but but what he did create was you know flies to the or flies or bees, whichever it is, to the honey pot, right? And it's just like so. Then the uh, supporters, his the blue supporters, were then didn't have the defensive line in front of them, so he could offload and they would make the extra meters. It was like yeah. back in the day, you know, one of the great stats or is out there that Jonah scored very few tries against South Africa. He may have scored very few tries against South Africa, but how many assists did he achieve? Because every South African basically was tackling Jonah. And it was yeah. sort of very similar to that. Three defenders beat him was more than anyone else by, um, on, on the Blues, and with three offloads um, as well. Uh, Christy made three offloads and also did uh, touch to a lot too. But yeah, but Caleb Clark clearly, yeah, three, three, three defenders beaten or th- three tackles bust basically, um, and then he got the ball free. Um, Finley Christie, I thought had a really good game, particularly running those sporting lines. I, I know, um, obviously, Steve's a big fan of Sam Nock, but I, I honestly, when Finley Christie was named in the Blues squad, I couldn't wait to see him in a Blues jersey. Um, he he's just a ball of energy. He is always, but you know. He's no Aaron Smith, but you know he's always active like Aaron Smith in terms of getting getting around, being in support. He's always there, and that was like you know shown today with two tries that he scored. Um, so I I couldn't wait to see Finley Christie in a blue jersey, and it's been great seeing him there. And it's like we're seeing a good halfback that the Blues have been missing for a long time. Interesting, Sim Harris saying that Caleb Clark needs to learn to pass. Well, look, if he's always got someone on his shoulder and all he's doing is popping it up. He doesn't need to pass. He just needs to just chuck it out, <laughs> and someone will, someone will, um, someone will get it. Um, the, um, yeah, as you say, yeah, Finley Christie, um, really good game. Um, uh, uh, actually, the other person, uh, Papi Lee, is someone else we should talk about. Uh, he did, I mean, four runs for seventy-five meters. Yeah, look, um, and also he seemed to be turning the ball over quite a lot um, as well. And he got denied a, a, um, an awesome 70-meter run try. The wasn't quite anything, but anyway. It was. It was about it was about because it was about um it was about five five meters outside the twenty-two. Wasn't it? I thought so. Oh anyway, sixty meters. Sixty meters in. Anyway. Um yeah. it was a decent it, it, it was a decent run. Now, um, so what happened with that one was that um uh, Carl Twenekafi was um, in an offside position. Uh, he got up, saw that Aaron Smith was wanting to pass through him, so dropped back down to the ground. Um, Aaron Smith then decides to take a couple of steps and trip over um, Carl. Um, big Carl. Big Carl. Um, and look, it, it had all been getting a bit messy at that point, and they were trying to force passes on the back foot, uh, and which led to basically Patrick, uh, led to um, Dalton Papali. He's standing in their in their. Uh, in, 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 in the a, passing channel, in, in the passing channel, and run off with it. Um, the look at the end of the day, um, did Aaron Smith milk it? Maybe um, that's what the very good scrum halves do. Um, and Austin was going to say, yeah, absolutely, definitely did, don't you? Um, <laughs> absolutely, definitely <laughs> did. Um, look, I mean, it was great to see his Italian foot soccer heritage coming out in those southerners. <laughs> 
That's all you can say. I mean, like, we, you know, we go on about it so often that our sport's great because it's not about all these guys, you know, faking injuries or milking things and like that. Well, hello, Aaron Smith. I'll give you Aaron Smith. That's it. I mean, as Nocturnal says, the um, call was technically correct, but it would have been great to send a message to say stop milking excrement um, to, to basically say no. I mean, you know, it's like he didn't, it's like we need to get to a point where I think it's a, it'll be, the problem is it'll be a edict, not a law, is the fact is that if the player is not influencing the um, situation, then you should not award a penalty. That's, that's because that, that's what would have to happen. And that's what they need to do. I mean, I can understand when a guy's lying in the ruck and he's rolled east-west and they'll milk a penalty out of that one by throwing into his legs or something like that. But that one with that situation, there was no, no, you know, that was basically he was milking a penalty all day long. And it's just like, that's soccer. That's not rugby. Okay. Now, the problem here is that um, there were a whole bunch of people um, that's the, the, on, on Twitter I saw going, um, oh, we should have common sense and blah, blah, blah. Look, the problem with common sense is your idea of or one person's idea of common sense, another idea is, is totally different. Um, and where do you draw the line? As Ashwin said there, um, I don't mind a bit of milking um, in a ruck, but I don't like it when it's like that and, and diving. Now, um, look, they're both milking, uh, and um, anyone who gets on and anyone who gets on their high horse um, about rugby union, look, I love the game. Let's be honest. I spend my entire life talking about the bloody game, um, but. I also realise that the game is totally hypocritical about all of this stuff. Um, yes, the entire game is built around cheating, if you haven't noticed. The more you cheat and the more you, do, you can get away with, the more likely you are to win. We actively coach our players to cheat. Um, it's called pushing the line. Um, the whole thing about... So, look, everyone with their high horse of, oh, rugby, oh, it's, it's got values. It's got. What do you mean? It's got values. We've we've taught cheating since time immemorial. We actually think a punch up's a good idea. Um, Yay! Um, <laughs> ninety nine. Ninety nine. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, um, we all want to bring back the idea of raking someone with studs because hey, it's just the boys. Um, so look, folks. Um, yeah, the rugby has got no high horse to get onto. It, it it's all absolutely hypocritical. Um, uh, this 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 whole thing of yes, uh, we're protecting the game or the spirit of the game. Rolls Rush. No, it's about, um, at the top level. It's about money, um, and it's about trying to win at all costs. Um, now, some of it's slightly more frowned upon than others, but at the end of the day, um, it's, there's, there's an awful lot of cheating going on. Um, yes. Let's, anyway, back to the game. <laughs> game itself. Um, look, basically, uh, it was that period. Um, so obviously in the first half, um, getting up um, 16 points to 24, getting that um, uh, that try just before half time really was key um, to go from one point lead to a two score lead, going in at half time, coming out after half time, um, having a fantastic kick chase after the um, after the high kicks, they could drive over the ball, get territory, um, and um, pick up another five points, and suddenly. You, you, you've in the space of three minutes either side of half time. Typical Crusaders, you might say, from the Blues. They've gone from sixteen seventeen to sixteen twenty nine, and it's pretty much game over. 
Um, yeah, about... actually, it's, it's that's actually an Auckland thing. So that, that was first done by the Aucklanders back when we had the Randfilly Shield for 60-odd defences. Uh, and, 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 and then they all took our players to learn how to do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, look, um, the, it was interesting just mentioning that try before half-time because it, it was off the back of the Aaron Smith penalty. penalty. Um, they they the After we went back, no try, um, the, the Highlanders took the shot at goal, took them in front, I think by two points, one point. Um, and then basically... Straight after that, um, that seemed to light a bit of a firecracker under the uh, Blues, and they um, took it forward strongly and scored that try just before half time. Um, yeah, the other, I guess the only other point I'm going to sort of make out of this was at one point, everything seemed to the, the players seemed to be apart. The camera pans away to the referee running over to have a chat with his sideline judge, and suddenly it all kicks off. I'm not sure what was going on there, but you kind of like. So basically what happened, I actually did pick up what happened. Um, I I think I heard it was the touch judge having a a chat to the uh, ref about what had happened. So um, referee, Mike Fraser has gone over to have a chat to Patrick about the fact that, hey, next time one of your boys is going to be in the bin type thing because it's already a penalty. Um, while he's over that way or deciding, he's trying to decide because he actually hasn't spoken to Patrick. Patrick's down with some sort of calf strain or something. So he's halfway going. You can see him going back and forward trying to decide who to talk to or what to do. And in the meantime, I think it must have been Aaron Smith has gone and put the ball down like he's about to take a quick tap and the Blues come forward and tackle him. And that's where it sort of like handbags started from there. So that's what started the handbags. And um, then, yeah, so then Mike Fraser finally decides to go have a chat to um, the touch judge and he has a has a chat to him. And they're just like, oh, that's what happened. And then he goes and has a chat to Patty. And um, actually, speaking of man- game management, this will be it. So he goes and has a chat to Patty. Next, uh, too many penalties down here. Next one's in the bin. Patrick goes to um, Mike Fraser. Oh, can I have a chat to the team? And he goes, Mike Fraser goes, a quick one. And then Patrick doesn't have the chat. He should have been calling them all in because time's off. And there's a, you know, class, the Crusaders did that the night before in terms of, you know, they got the warning and Sam Whitelock, 150 uh, matches of experience, says, brings the boys in. We know they don't talk about the fact that stop giving away penalties. They just basically say, let's D up. We've got to get, keep them out and we want to get the ball and get it down the other end of the field. That's what he's going to say. That's what they're going to say. But it yeah. gives, gives a defensive team that time and, you know, to regroup, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, but then, okay, so, so, they get the warning, they kick to the corner, and what's the first thing? The first thing, the next, the next thing we do, um, we see a player driving early while the guy's in the air. And it was like yellow card. It was a big <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, look, yep, you've that's right. Being warned, literally the 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 play before this that the next one gets a yellow card. And, and, and actually, and the, the thing that I think the disappointing thing about that yellow card from Sione Mafaleo was the fact is that. Apart from in the first half when the um, Highlanders kicked into the corner for the very first time and scored a driving mall try off the back of that, at no stage thereafter did they look like actually achieving a driving mall try. So they actually um, they, they shored up their defensive patterns for the driving mall, which they've actually had pretty good during the season. You know, had, That's really good England, I know. But they've had pretty good during the season um, the defensive patterns around the driving wall, which is really strange to, for a Blues fan to see after all these years. And so he didn't need to actually do that. They were actually holding them out. Yeah, it was a bit of a strange one at that point as well. You mean, you had, I think it was um, 
you'd replace two back row forwards with two locks. So you had four locks right. and then the only Akiri Wani. Akiri Wani's like, Akiri, you're going to have to pack down an open side flanker because we've got locks on apart from you. Like <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> he has done the job. He has done the job for number seven. But yes, but you're going to say, "Geez, we're not getting away from this and this scrum quickly to tackle people, are we?" Let's be honest. I mean, he got um, an eight and two locks. Um, so yeah, um, so that was an interesting one. Um, I was very happy that Scott Gregory had a decent game, particularly in that first half, um, for a player who had an absolute shocker at fullback a couple of weeks back. Is normally a centre. Got played on the wing this game. I played on the wing the last couple of games. Um, I think it's, it is Scott Gregory, isn't it, or is it Shane? Uh, anyway, Scott, Scott Gregory. Scott Gregory. It is Scott Gregory. Scott, it's Scott. Yeah, Scotty. I've got a name right. That's a good. Beam me, um, beam me up, Scotty. So I thought he had a decent game, which was nice to see. Um, and I love this quote from the uh, from the referee, which technically isn't correct. But anyway, if you're going to be late to form, I'm not going to be worried about numbers. Referring to the lineout. Um, Ignore that law. Okay. Yeah. It's like um every team is late to the lineout. So does that mean that every incorrect numbers is now going to be ignored going forward? Has a precedent been set? Uh until next week when they change the laws, yes. <laughs> For that game, a precedent was set. Um so I, th I found that an interesting one that uh, and to a certain degree I get where he's coming from. Um that uh, if, you, if you're going to try and hide how many numbers you've got, uh, then the opposition haven't got a chance to get the right numbers. Um, but, yeah, it's, it was a strange one to hear the referee say. Well, it's interesting because, in my mind, I, you know, whether it's the Blues, do, any team doing Blues, do, I don't really care. I hate the fact of these little conference and seminars that they have before the line-out. It was actually outlawed. I don't know where they allowed it back in. They actually brought it in saying, you cannot have a conference before a line-out. And... I don't know where that went. There was quite a few years ago that they said that. There was no conference that's going to be way time-wasting, and that's the law, so they can enact the law that is in the book because it is time-wasting, and they can say it. They can give a warning and say, sorry, you can't do that. Next time you'll be free-kicked because it's in the laws. And it's just like, oh, it's, I want to see I want a game speed up. I want a game. I don't care if it's the Blues or whoever it is. I want to see the game speed up. And so I don't want – and the other thing is that it means that the line has got a better chance of being in competition as well. And the reason I can I can I can nod my head at that point is that um, it's been it's been reiterated recently somewhere that um, that the, the, that's the law that you're not allowed to have a conference before each lineout and it's yeah. been like okay well then why do they allow it um, so yeah. the referees have been told relatively recently to stop it um, but, but nobody yeah, is no no one is yeah cool um, yeah we should talk about uh, Joshua uh, um, Yuani coming back. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like he, he it really did. He seems to bring a calmness to the background. It does seems a little bit less helter skelter, um, a bit more structured. I don't, I don't know. That's the way I felt sort of watching him when they did have the ball and that. So um, he works not that Mitch Hunt didn't work well with Aaron Smith, but the combination of Aaron Smith and Joshuani um, just seems to be another level from that again. Um, so I, I sort of think that was actually good to see him back and playing pretty well, as Nocturnal uh, uh, said. Another player, Nariki, had a good cameo off the bench. Yep, he did. Um, and it, it's sort of like, it's in, yeah, again, interesting you say that. When he came off the bench, he actually looked dangerous, didn't he? Yeah. And you had to say that um, really that was the only time, especially in that second half, where they looked like, the, the Highlanders looked like they could actually do some backline manoeuvres to sort of bust open the uh, Blues defence. 
Um, so he actually uh, had the top me- top meters run for the Highlanders with 63. After off coming four, off the bench. After coming off the bench and only doing four runs. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just like you, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're saving him for the Crusaders at uh, Orange Theory Stadium. Look, he's look, he's, he's a great sevens player. He's a great player uh, at minus ten cup, the, where he has more space and time. The question is really, uh, can he adapt his game style to the pace of the next level up, where you where it's quicker, you get less time. If you're coming on late where everyone else is tired and you're fresh uh, and you're a sevens player and you're given some space, you should cut people to pieces, right? Uh, but again, he's another he's another one of these players who, again, uh, is he big enough and defensively um, uh, solid enough at that level well, as well? So, I think so. I mean, like from what I've seen of him in defense, he's not shirking it and um, he's being successful in terms of, you know, as I say to my boys for Saturday morning, you don't have to complete a tackle you need to slow the player down long enough so that your supporting players can come in and finish the tackle. If you make no effort, then your supporting players don't have time to get back and help you complete a tackle or to slow slow play down. So he at least does that in terms of the fact that he's trying to make the tackle, which is going to slow the, the attacking team down, allow your the rest of the team to come back and form your defensive line or come in support of that tackle. Yep. Um Interesting enough, he didn't have to. He didn't even have to make a tackle in this game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how good he is <laughs> defensively! He just—he just—he just them down. They ran the other way. <laughs> hey, um, I want to. I want to. Before we wrap up, in case we were about to wrap up, I mean, like nocturnal raising the uh, shame. There's not a left time left in the competition to see um, uh, Yuani Smith Hunt combo. Um, I, I just can't. I just can't get over the fact that they're not going to have some sort of finals element to it. It's, you know, that's just what we used, you know, talking about precedence being set. That's what we just used to now is finals rugby. And I thought it would have been weird, but I still think they should have had semifinals and finals. It's just, you know, it, rugby gold's going to have it. So they're going to have finals. Yeah. The way they're doing it, second and third are going to play off with, um, a, uh, and then the, whoever wins that plays against the top team. Yeah. That's still something, okay. right? And it's just like, it's going to feel flat. And the fact is that next week, the Crusaders could win it with a round to go. Which, I mean, obviously, Crusaders fans will be happy at that. But it's just like, just the competition's been so good. It's just like, I think you could have seen a semi-finals and finals just going to that next, another level even. Yeah, maybe. It's, um, and again, I, I've enjoyed the games, but I'm not that fussed about the competition. Right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do agree with you on that. Yep, it's, um, it's a there's, competition. There's no, there's no jeopardy. There's no, there's no one going to get relegated, right? Yep. Um, we know the Crusaders are going to win it. The oh, hush the hey, um, hey, Highlanders going to knock over the Crusaders next week, and it's all on at Eden Park, where the Blues will be triumphant. <laughs> right, whatever. Um, <laughs> the, um... <laughs> hey, actually, actually, just I, I said this. To, it's just like look at the table, if. If I mean it's very long odds on this happening, but if the Highlanders do tip up the Crusaders next week, mm-hmm. the Hurricanes beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm. then there's three teams that are in contention to come top of this competition. Correct. If, if, come on Highlanders! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean just imagine the fight. I mean such a great competition. As I said, I've I've loved it, absolutely loved it. But you know it's been a it's been a competition that's been um, 
um, you know, made up. Um, but just imagine it coming down to the final weekend with three teams with the possible uh, opportunity to win it. It might make the competition. Simon, baby. you can't disagree with me. It's not allowed. That's um, in the laws of rugby. <laughs> um, the um, see now, if it came down to that, hey, it might, the, this competition might actually uh, look something like a really good competition having the North called the Six Nations, which always comes, which which, which is a fantastic <laughs> competition. Now, as a competition, it's great. As individual games, they might not be such good quality, but as a competition, the quality is fantastic because it comes because it does come down to quite often the last weekend. In, in it at the last weekend because yeah teams knock over each other yeah having one dominant team uh, yeah unfortunately means that this competition didn't really feel like a competition from the start it turned into it, it might turn into one but it'll be more more of a surprise that it has done rather than we're expecting it to if you see what I mean yeah I hear um, you I hear everyone's back in the, high, the Highlands are going up to up to Christchurch to play the Crusaders look the whole world they can have they can look they can have six and a half billion people on their side. It doesn't matter. They're still not going to win it. Um, <laughs> we're, we're a team of 4,700,000. I'm talking about the country. There's a team the of 4 world. million for New Zealand. And there's about 300,000 that live in Canterbury. That's about a team of 4,700,000, roughly speaking. <laughs> okay, that's... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Um, yeah, Parry Parry Parkinson, yep. Yeah. Someone that um, Stephen Harris has been uh, talking about for a long time, um, or for a couple of years now. Uh, Good Saint yeah. Kent boy, um, coming through well. Yep, another one that um, got lost by the by lost out of Auckland. Don't tell me. <laughs> <sighs> oh, if he's a Saint Kent's boy, he's actually probably from the South Island originally, and Saint Kent's went and stole him from there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like the Tong and Thor, who came, they got from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Saint Kent's. Yeah. Oh, geez. did you not know that? No, I didn't realize that. He he yeah, never he wanted to play for New Zealand though. He was quite early on. He wanted to play for Australia, right? Mm. Um, oh dear. So, um, look quick. Look at the table then. Um, Crusaders played six on twenty-four points. The Blues on twenty-two points, but they've played seven. Um, and the have Crusaders, the bye next week. Yeah, the bye next week. Hurricanes played six on sixteen points. Um, the Highlanders played six on ten. Uh, and the Chiefs played seven one zero on five points. So, so the yeah. Chiefs, the final, also got their bye. I'm guessing in that last week. So their last game is next week against the Canes. Okay, that would make sense. That would make sense. Um, so there we go. Um, Paul, come on, Paul, talk it up. Anything can happen on the night. Yeah, and and you wonder why some some people say that the New Zealand media just. Um, just uh, 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 basically, I uh, just trained New Zealand rugby um, drum beaters. Um, the <laughs> hey, hey, everybody's got to start his chance. Well, on, on any given Sunday, but it yeah, won't be exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that game's on Saturday night, I think. <laughs> oh, okay, so definitely on next Sunday. Um, <laughs> there we go, folks. Look, we've overrun by a lot, <laughs> we always um, do. <laughs> not by this much and there's only two of us talking this time not even four of us I mean geez imagine um the <laughs> um the Otago Highlanders can do it Aaron get, be, be, behave now um so thank you everyone um don't forget please do subscribe to the podcast um I would really love it if you did um whether it's iTunes Spotify iHeartRadio or your favorite podcatcher just search for New Zealand Sports Radio 
Um, the um, nocturnal rights. This show is far is, is better than Sky Sports. Um, pun, Sky Sports. You learn far more. Well, write into Sky. Tell them that actually they need a new sports channel called New Zealand Sports Radio, um, and, we, and we'll we'll produce a whole channel's worth of content for them. Don't you worry. Um, we can we we, um, we can make that happen. If you think Paul doing twenty three days on the trot and tomorrow twenty four um, of seven a.m. mornings. Well, it was. It's been there were there were a few eight a.m. mornings at the beginning of that doing um more than twenty three. You said twenty three, dude. One hundred twenty three. Oh, hundred twenty three. I, I didn't hear the hundred. I was thinking it's more than twenty three. <laughs> so um, yeah, tomorrow is the hundred twenty fourth. Um, the morning sports briefing um on the trot and i've been on every single one of them i'm mad um but hey mad. i enjoy it <laughs> um so folks please do subscribe to the podcast um at the end of the day this channel is most likely to um succeed or fail on podcast downloads um that's uh, that's that's where it's going to be uh, so please uh spread the word about it um and even if you don't listen to them just download them all um yeah hey, so uh, everybody that's on tonight even though you've watched the show tonight, go and download the podcast as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, thank you, everybody. Uh, it's been a blast. Thank you, everyone who's been in the chat as well. Thank you, Ashwin. Thank you. Um, and sponsor, buy, somebody buy me a ute. I need a ute. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got an old white ute hanging around somewhere, um, then please let Ashwin know. Um, uh, he'd like one on the sheeps. On the, on the, on, on, on the sheeps. Um, good night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 